superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is it about the running back position then? This is the Rich Eisen Show. That seemingly fight for value in a way that other positions have not been forced to. Austin. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Let's compare. If I'm looking at some of the backup receivers out here that are still making more than me, and I'm the starter, I get more carries, I touch the ball more, I have more of an impact, that's going to piss me off. Today's guests, five-time World Series champion David Cohn, ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, and now... It's Rich Eisen. Ah, yes, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Three hours of sports talk on a day where, other than Wimbledon, there's uh, not much going on. <laughs> How's that for a start of a show right here on the Roku channel? This Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Affiliate, Sirius XM, and so much more. Thrilled that you are with us today. 844-204-RICH is a number for you to dial to have a chat with us here on this What's More Likely Friday, Tom Pelissero, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, um, the day after the uh, the Jets signed Quinn and Williams to a monster contract that I'm sure Chris Long, I mean, uh, Chris Jones out there in uh, Kansas City had uh, had uh, quite a bit to, to look at on that one. We'll discuss everything that's going on in the NFL the week before training camps open. We are so close to finally getting what we want and what we need, which is more football going down in the United States of America. We've got David Cohn joining us in about 18 minutes time to kick off the second half, or I guess throw out the ceremonial first pitch of the second half of the Major League Baseball season. He's joining us on this program as well. And uh, so will you at 844-204-RICH being that uh, number for you to please dial Right here on the program. How are we there, Chris Brockman? How's it going Rich, over there, great. Chris? It's Friday, and we're heading to Vegas this weekend. So, oh, is that uh, right? Life is good. Who's we? Is that the Royal We, or what do you uh, got over we, there? We the fam. We're gonna uh, hang out by the pool and check out some summer league tomorrow. Ah, hmm. you're going. Who's playing in the summer league tomorrow? I don't know. I think it's the uh, it's a it's a tournament. So there's the consolation rounds. I think are going on tomorrow. So uh-huh. we'll see who's in action. Maybe the Celtics are playing. That would be fun. But uh, if you're in Vegas, come say what's up. DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. Morning, How are Rich. you doing over How you there? Doing? Good, good. Good to see you. You good over there? Good. Fantastic. TJ Jefferson is the candle already lit. The candle's lit. Fantastic. I think it's Friday and we're. Let's get out of here. Let's get. <laughs> no, we got three hours uh, oh, okay. to do. Also, can we just give it up a full week of Mike Del Tufo? I knew something seemed off, Chris. I, that's what it was. Something a full just, week of Del Tufo. Something well, seemed weird. Enjoy it because you only get two days next week. What's up next week? Uh, Yankees Angels series for yes. But, for yes. Oh, is that right? Yes. Okay. And how many no. of those are? How many of those are first pitches between the hours of nine a.m. and noon Pacific? <laughs> well, I got to set up. I mean, I work early. Oh, okay. Got to set up. Each day, not just set up one day, because then it should be good for the whole series. That's, wouldn't you think so? <laughs> you would think if you do it right the first time, then it would last, right? Good like, to see you. Thank you. <laughs> first pitch, Masoka 7 o'clock. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, hey uh, folks, yeah, no, first pitch. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, Best of all. So, Damian Woody's on this program right in the middle of this pro, uh, uh, in hour number two. He's right. He's on this show. Uh, ESPN football analyst, former New York Jet, one of the many reasons why he's on. One, he's informative and entertaining. Two, he'll be talking about the entire National Football League season coming up. But three, he was on the last version of the Jets' hard knocks. Oh. And I'm, we're going to find out exactly from him 
how intrusive these cameras are because we are assuming it's like again the Truman Show they're just going to follow everybody around right, 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 and nobody right. wants these cameras in their studios or in their I mean nobody wants them in, in their facilities nobody wants them on their practice field nobody wants them in their cars in their homes and whatever and I can personally attest to you uh, NFL Films is white glove as much as white glove can go and they are partners with the teams and of course, an arm of the National Football League, and it just really depends on what you're you're looking for. Um, if you are somebody who contracts with NFL Films to put something on the screen, uh, a a quick for instance, okay, Netflix wanted soup to nuts, full on, complete access, uh, working blue or not. National Football League films coverage of three quarterbacks. You see that quarterbacks documentary that is I out right watch now? Again. I know TJ's watched a couple. Yeah, uh, yeah I saw it. Right looks, it looks awesome. And Patrick Mahomes, as we all know, face of the National Football League and the Kansas City Chiefs as first class as first class can be. First rate as first rate can be. Family man community man but when he gets on the field as you see in this quarterbacks documentary <laughs> he loses his freaking mind i told you that chris and he is <laughs> I love the it. red ass I love it. of red asses the competitors of competitors you hear all the time from chiefs players and colleagues of his that don't get in his grill do not engage Patrick Mahomes. Do not engage with Patrick Mahomes. Do not doubt Patrick Mahomes. Do not get him started. And all you need to see in this quarterback, quarterbacks documentary, I understand we're talking Kirk Cousins, we're talking Marcus Mariota, but Mahomes is the sequence with him against the Raiders where the Raiders took that 17-0 lead on the Chiefs on that Thursday night game, if you recall, and then they came back. And him going up to Max Crosby, who we've met and have stood next to, he's a gigantic human being. And I cannot imagine how gigantic he is actually when he's in pads and a helmet and is coming for you. The Condor is his nickname because he's got a wingspan of one. He, I believe, MF'd him over and over and over again after the Chiefs took the lead and obviously won the game. But he went at him, and they had to remove him from the field. They had to remove Mahomes away. Like, Andy Reid had to calm him down. And you're like, I didn't know that about Patrick Mahomes. Oh, (laughs) so he's got the Jordan slash Tiger in him, huh? Oh, yeah, he does. And we as fans... I eat that up, and I appreciate Mahomes for, I'm sure he's got, um, one would think, the editing control of this series, that if something is been captured by NFL Films and you might get, like, first cut, final cut, like all directors in Hollywood are looking for? Yeah, Omaha Productions, Peyton Manning's is kind of the lead production company behind this, but Patrick Mahomes' own production company is involved in this, which is why he's appearing. There you go. Also, Rich, if, and, if you're saying that he had the ability to take out any time he was cursing if he wanted to, yeah. then literally, if you've watched enough of this, all we would have would be shots of him holding his daughter because on the football field, my man, <laughs> he says some stuff out there. Right. He says some things. It's shocking, (laughs) but but appreciated. Yeah, I'm glad he's like that. Appreciated. He wants it. And he had the cameras all over him. Distraction. The cameras are supposed to be from NFL films. He had one of the greatest years quarterbacking and one of the most successful years quarterbacking in the history of quarterbacking. True. So... You hear distraction, you hear this, you hear that. And I understand when you're trying to put together a season and there's a lot of pressure on the line as you're putting together the season, you might want to just do it in private. 
you don't have to have cameras around. You don't have to feel like somebody is going to be on, in quotes, when you don't need them to be on. You need to be have them on it. You need to be on the stick. You need to be in the playbook. They don't need to be on to try and create a name for themselves or a brand at the expense of being all in. That's the general sense about not wanting hard knocks and why the NFL has created a construct that if you haven't been on it for a while and you haven't been in the playoffs for a while, as they say, back in the day, in my summer camp days, tough noogies. (laughs) Another way to put it is it's being forced down your throat. This was... Aaron Rodgers yesterday in Lake Tahoe, I believe the practice round, right? In Lake Tahoe? Yeah. He's out there, I believe, with McAfee and uh, AJ AJ Hawk today. Correct. They're playing uh, in the threesome today. There we go. Uh, But yesterday in the practice round, uh, Aaron Rodgers was approached by Vern Glenn of KPIX in San Francisco. Hit it. You see that camera? You're going to see a lot of them now. Hard knocks is coming. Your thoughts? Listen, one of the only things I like about Hard Knocks is the voice of God who narrates it. Right. Liv, I hope I get to meet him. But look, you know, I understand the the appeal with us. Obviously, there's a lot of eyes on me, a lot of eyes on our team, a lot of expectations for our squad. So uh, they forced it down our throats, and we got to deal with it. I love it. I love it. Here's the two things I take from that. First of all, uh, and Aaron probably knows this too, I'm sure Liev Schreiber, the longtime voice of uh, of Hard Knocks, a terrific actor in his own right. What was yeah. he in Showtime? What was the name of that show? Ray Donovan. Yeah, Ray, Ray Donovan. Donovan. That's right. Yeah, I loved okay. it. Um, I'm sure, Mike, how nice is his at-home setup, do you oh, think, to voice it, over Hard Knocks, well, where he gets amazing. the script email to him in a pdf he's got to print it out or however he wants to do it maybe does it off his phone i don't know but i'm the last thing he's going to do is go walk into florham park and they've got a microphone there for him in the middle of the it depends on where he stays although liev might want to meet rogers i don't know um i could see him who knows but that's not happening i think the strike might affect whether Liev appears i don't know actually i don't know never even thought about that we'll see can I voice hard knocks? Uh, what are you going to You cross the line, Crossing Mike? the picket line. Mike, you're a union That's man. right. I'm in the union. I can't do it. That's right. I long story short. Now, oh, that would be a hard knock. Hey, now. <laughs> um, long story short, though. He understands why the Jets are on hard knocks. It's because of him. If it's Zach Wilson, they're they're like, okay, uh, let's see what Sam Howell's up to in Washington, D.C. Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin, the Bears, the Bears would have, have been absolutely been second. your hard knocks team if the Jets ran it back with Zach Wilson. Yeah. So Rodgers knows everybody's trying to poke around him, and he knows the Jets will have his back. Literally, they're bending over backwards right now, and appropriately so. Every egg has been placed in the number eight basket. And if he wants to take the us-against-them approach, us-against-the-world mentality, win the games, and you could take whatever mentality you want. And I am sure if Rodgers doesn't want the camera here or camera there, they don't need the Jets to tell them not to do it. NFL Films will just back off. They want Rodgers mic'd up for games. They want Rodgers as happy as anybody else in the Jets organization. And HBO knows what type of show they're buying, and they may push back. But at the end of the day, they wanted, I'm sure, years ago, Antonio Brown behind the scenes of him going absolutely nutty when things started to completely unravel with the Raiders, and that never made air. Do you remember how we were all We had to see that on Antonio Brown's own YouTube page. Correct. Correct. So I would question how much we actually see Rodgers on Hard right. Knocks. And meanwhile, Netflix made a deal with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions and and um, Patrick Mahomes' production company and, and then got, I'm sure, together and basically said, 
hey, we want to do this with your production companies, but we want everything. We want you being yourselves. And they were like, we got it. And again, I'm sure there's some final cut, but if you're Mahomes and it's Peyton Manning and Eli Manning saying, we, we want to do this, and your production company can get a huge leg up on the business by putting this out there on Netflix, and Mahomes is like, sure, put out there me calling Max Crosby an MF for five times in a row with Andy Reid having to restrain me, or the moment where he was told by Reid, go get your ankle x-rayed before halftime against the Jacksonville Jaguars and him dropping a major f-bomb and then his wife's upstairs in the box saying he's not angry at the at the coaches he's just angry that he's hurt that's exactly the behind the scenes stuff we as fans crave and want to get out of hard knocks and sometimes we don't it's just the straight stuff I understand teams don't want it they feel like we'd rather not have it like if we have to choose it and if Rodgers wants to take the us-against-the-world mentality, you go, Aaron Rodgers. You go. Because I am sure there will there may be one moment or two, right, where Rodgers is like, I'm uncomfortable with this. Do you think the NFL films is going to be like tough noogies, Aaron? Hmm. We're rolling? Of course not. Of course not. So I'm excited to see it. Again, I wanted to see Quinn and Williams in uniform because I was concerned he was holding out. He is not. I can't wait for that. So we'll talk about what that means for the Jets going into this season and in the locker room where they're like, okay, we ball out, we get paid, we stay. And if you don't ball out, we go ahead and get a future goat to take your spot. <laughs> I mean, that's the way the message has been sent to that locker room, and that's the way you win football games and you win a friggin' Super Bowl before I die. <laughs> And I'm a 54-year-old man. All right. Uh, Damian Woody on this program. Uh, Tom Pelissero in hour number three. But when we come back, let's talk some baseball. Let's do it. With David Cohn, who 24 years ago last night took the ball in the All-Star game in Fenway Park the minute after Pedro Martinez left the mound. I can't wait to talk to him about all that. Yankees, Otani, and so much more. David Cohn when we come back. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Okay, back here on the program, David Cohn. We are tracking him down right now. Tracking. Yankees in Colorado. Colorado. Rocky Mountain High. They're starting Carlos Rodon tonight. So he's back. Oh, yeah. He started against the Cubs right before before the break. Right. Oh, okay. And he looked pretty good. Okay. He looked really good. Obviously, one of your huge uh, free agency signings. Oh, God. They were supposed to have Frankie Montas. He got hurt. Frankie Muniz? No. Nope. Oh. That's in the middle. <laughs> Good job, oh, the Yankees Good are job. in the middle right now of uh, the American League. I mean, the AL East, last place, the Sox, or a game behind the Yankees, would be in first place in like Please half the other don't divisions. Don't get me started. <laughs> AL East is stacked. Don't that. get That's me started. Insane. Look at that. Sox, hottest team in baseball, five in a row. Heading into the break. Heading into the break. It's yep. amazing that that would be flipped if we went back 20 years ago. Like, literally. Yeah, like five years ago. <laughs> five years, that's right. You were five, that's right. The Rays, the Rays are still, <laughs> hey, man, they're still 23 up, you yeah. know? So they've played just a little bit under 500 since their, what, their, their 30 games over 500 start, right? 
pretty much. By the way, I did say the same thing. My seat went down. <laughs> Be careful. I know. It's going around. It's I a just, plague here know, in the I, studio. I, I move around in my chair. <clears throat> so. Careful. Worried about you. And then Buster Olney said um, Yankees would be the one team most motivated or highly motivated to trade for Otani at the trade deadline. I forget what his wording was, but it was Yankees trade Otani. And it was those three things. Oh, and I saw there was like some, I think the Talking Yanks uh, site put Otani in the pinstripes. I got to be honest with you. Got me a little going. (laughs) (laughs) A little going. Even with, the, even with the Chico's Bell Bonds logo? That's right. That's right. Star <laughs> Industries. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. He uh, is one of the best pitchers of his generation and a, a terrific broadcaster. Uh, yes Network, ESPN, and more. And he's got his own podcast on the John Boy Media uh, podcast network as well. Please welcome David Cohn back to the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, David? I'm doing good, Rich. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I am doing great. Where have I found you? Are you in Are you in Colorado with the Yanks now, or where Where are you right now? Where have I found no, you? No, I'm I'm going to join them out in Anaheim next week. Okay. You know, Sunday night baseball is uh, in Anaheim too. The, the Astros and Angels on Sunday night, and then the Yankees come in for the week. So I'll be there all week. All right, you'll be there. T- please tip your waitress. He'll be there all week. Try the try the veal. Okay, David. Let's get into it. Uh, Otani starts tonight against the Astros, and then he will have a start against the Yankees, which will be a media circus to say the least. Uh, Trout, as we all know, is hurt. What do you think um, is going? through Shohei Otani's mind right now, David? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, being in that position myself a couple of decades ago, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of anxiety without a doubt because you just, it's out of your control. You don't know, you know, if you're going to be traded or not. Um, if there's going to be an offer, sometimes offers come in at the last minute to try to sign a long-term contract, though I assume with Otani it'd be more complicated than, a quick signing because he's gonna he's gonna break the bank and especially if he gets other teams involved. But there's a lot of anxiety and uh, he's pitching well. I think the thing with Otani is is that this is the best we've ever seen him. You know, every year it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's doing things we've never seen. But he's doing both now. He's doing he's top level pitcher and a top level hitter at the same time in the same year. And uh, we we don't really know how good this guy can get. Really, have we seen the best of Otani yet? And you've pitched in so many different environments, including both teams in New York, David. And that's the question I have about Otani. And we had Pedro on last week, and he's he has spoken Otani. He has actually chopped it up with him. And I asked him, I'm like, do you think he would want to play? Could he could he play in a big time environment? And he's like, this guy's been having cameras following him around since he's 14. Nothing phases him. And that's what, I guess, makes him more of a unicorn, too, where he he would actually, I think he would succeed on a major stage like New York or Boston or Philly or or even Dodger Stadium. Don't you think, David? I I think those are great points, without a doubt. You know, Pedro is dead on as far as Otani being followed around since, since childhood. So I don't think the stage really is going to impact him all that much uh, in, in terms of you know, pressure or too big of a market. I don't think that's the question. I think he's in such a strong position that it really comes down to his preference, where he wants to play. You know, who sells him on on their market or, or their team or their organization. So, you know, if if, uh, if I got a chance to get Otani, you obviously try to do everything you can to get him. But I'm not worried about the stage. I think those are excellent points by you and Pedro. That doesn't matter where this guy's this guy plays. He's a superstar and. The likes, really, we, we've never seen. It's almost like we're still processing what we're watching with Shohei. It's like, is this real? Uh, is, is, this go, is this possible? And can others do it following him up? And in the Major League draft this year, I think organizations are more open to it. There's some two-way players that were just recently drafted, and organizations have talked about giving them a chance, at least in the minor league, to do both because of Otani. Well, you know, George M. Steinbrenner III would be all over this right now. Right, David? I mean, he would be. Oh, he would. All over it yeah. right now. George, Yeah, George understood the battle for the back page. He understood PR better than anybody. He, he went for it. He always wanted to own the back page. He wanted to have superstars in New York. He knew that that sold. That's what the fan base has come to expect. And I think that's why 
some of the fan bases on the East Coast, namely the Yankees, uh, are probably pushing back a little bit. As Hey, wait, why didn't we sign Bryce Harper? Why didn't we sign Manny Machado? George would have done this. George would have done that. And I think that's probably not going to go away for a while because that's the imprint that, that the boss left on, on the city and the market. Well, the question is, David Cohn, what about how? What about the guy who's actually in charge of the Yankees right now? Um, don't you think they, they need this? Uh, honestly, and I, I understand you got to look down the road. That's Cashman's gig to look down the road. But right now, uh, with Sean Casey coming in as the new hitting coach, the, the change being made just before the All-Star break, Judge being out for, you know, hopefully just the foreseeable future. Don't you think this is the move the Yankees actually need to make, certainly since they're putting an insurance company's uh, logo on their on their sleeves for $20 million a year? Like, let's go. What do you think, David? <laughs> yes, I, I see what you did there. Yeah, that, yeah. that was pretty slick. Yeah, you're Thank right. You, David. Um, it would be explosive. If, if the Yankees landed Otani, it would just light up the fan base. It would light up Major League Baseball. And to be able to potentially get Otani into postseason on that postseason stage is huge for Major League Baseball in and of itself, uh, uh, really, for, for baseball all over the world. Uh, it would be a tremendous asset to grow the game. So, yes, does, does it need to be done? Can it be done? Of course. Of course it does. But I think the question is, is that with Hal Steinbrenner, he runs the organization differently. You know, they're really married to the process. You know, what's the acquisition cost? How does this play out over the long term? He'd want to have everything spelled out. He'd want everybody to have input. And, uh, you know, he would he would definitely uh, go through the process uh, that Brian Cashman has put into place. And uh, that that's the way they run that organization now. It's not about George Steinbrenner overruling his general manager to make a trade and go ahead and trade away the farm that we saw many times in the 70s and 80s. Uh, that, that's just, it's not run that way. So as important as that trade would be, it would still have to go through the process that the Yankees have in place. David Cohn right here on the Rich Eisen Show, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball analyst. The best team you've seen in person, David, this year is which? It's the Atlanta Braves. I and mean, that's an easy answer right now. Mm. They're, they're loaded top to bottom. Their lineup is circular, one through nine, more than any other team in the big leagues right now. And, uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling, too, that, uh, that they're, they're going to be active to try to add some pitching, maybe some starting pitching at, at the deadline. But they also have one of the best young power pitchers in Spencer Strider. And Max Fried, a young lefty, is going to be back, too, uh, in the second half and down the stretch line. And and uh, he's he's a good one, too, and, and postseason tested. So it's the Braves, and, and it's probably not even close. Not even close. Okay. Um, so who would be second, then, a close second? For you. Well, uh, you know, I I think that there's kind of the rest of the fray, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe that the Dodgers are underrated. Everybody thought this would be the year that they would fall down and fall back to, to the pack. But they still have Freddie Freeman. They still have Mookie Betts. Uh, they still have a great farm system that keeps feeding them players. So, you know, I would I think the Dodgers are, are very underrated in, in that regard. Uh the Tampa Bay Rays uh, were the darling of the first half, but they've had their share of injuries, and they've lost three really quality starting pitchers. So I'm not sure how they finish up, although their offense is really good as well. So, uh, you know, it, it, second place is kind of hard at this point to, to say. I think it's, it's a, as, uh, as yet to be determined uh, in terms of who, who that's going to be. But I know who number one is. And they're, they're down south in Atlanta. David Cohn here on the Rich Eisen Show. We were talking earlier, again, we were talking to Pedro earlier this week, David. And um, yesterday was the 24-year anniversary of the 99 All-Star Game where um, the uh, All-Century team was announced by Kevin Costner and then Pedro took the mound and it was electric in that stadium and he pitched two innings, and he struck out four of the six, and everybody wanted him to come out for a third inning, and he didn't. And who took the mound instead that night, David, in that all-star? Yeah, I followed up Pedro. That's tough back to follow, right? Yeah, very tough back to follow. What was that like, man? What was that like to follow that act, David? It was incredible. It was because it was Fenway Park, and Ted Williams was in the middle of the diamond before the game. Yeah. Everybody circled him as he got, they kind of wheeled him out in a wheelchair and he just lit up. And the thing about Ted Williams was, is he knew everybody. He was current. He watched every game. He knew people by their first name. You know, the first time I met Ted Williams, he's like, oh yeah, you've got, you've got a pretty good slider, but 
I think I could hit you because you do this, this, and this wrong, and you need to use a changeup and you need to pitch in more. And I was, I was blown away that he had a scout report on me, much less even know my name. So that was Ted Williams, and it was Fenway Park. It was tremendous. It was 1999. You know, there were songs written about partying in 1999, yes, right? I yes. mean, it was. It was just incredible. It was an incredible <laughs> feeling to have that game at Fenway Park. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then uh, and the lineups that night, too. I, I just remember because I was behind home plate, David. I was the uh, the host of ESPN Radio's coverage of Major League Baseball. And it was my job to kind of describe what was happening in that pregame uh, all-century team uh, moment especially because what as you pointed out as soon as Ted Williams threw out the first pitch ceremonially to um to Fisk I was standing behind Carlton Fisk um and the place was going nuts all of the all-stars the American League and the National League that was lined up from the home plate to the corner bases and all of the all-century team just surrounded Ted Williams everybody went right to the middle of the diamond and it was my job to sort of describe everything. And I just remember the, the, the PA announcer at Fenway Park basically telling you guys to break it up so they could start a game. Uh, I'll never forget that, ever. That is exactly right. I mean, the adoration that each and every All-Star had for that man at that time uh, during that game in that ballpark was like nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, we all just wanted to touch him. We wanted to feel him. Uh, we wanted to just get close to him. We wanted to hear what Tony Gwynn was talking to him about, you know, or what Mark McGuire was talking to him about. Uh, it was, uh, it was really surreal. And you're right, Rich. I mean, uh, how do you describe that scene? It was, it was uh, a scene like I don't think we've ever seen before or may never see again. It might've almost signified kind of the end of innocence in baseball at that point in time. I mean, shortly thereafter Moneyball came in on board, right. And now it's mm-hmm. a whole different era of baseball now and power and the chase for power and analytics and, a big, a big change in the style of play. It was almost like that was the last uh, innocent moment in Major League Baseball. There were Ted, Ted Williams in the middle of the mound and us not wanting to play a game. Just wanted to have a campfire and talk to Ted. Exactly. That's what it was like. And you're right, too, because uh, some of the guys who just show a photograph, David, uh, on the screen there, uh, obviously um, the steroid scandal has now tainted so many of those guys that I just saw on the screen, too, Dave. And and so, but but I, I do recall I did ask McGuire what did um, Ted Williams ask him or what did they talk about and he told me Ted Williams asked McGuire that when you hit a ball do you smell the wood burning from your bat is what he asked him because that's what happened when he would hit a baseball in a certain way with a certain speed of his bat he would smell that the the ball meeting the bat caused a smell of the wood burning and. That took McGuire aback. Like he wasn't expecting that question. From t- I just—it's it's incredible. Nobody's ever heard that before. Only Ted Williams. Right. Something like that. The guy who was a fighter pilot in the war. That's right. Who actually, actually flew fighter jets. You know, in, in right. the middle of a war. So that—that's the type of talent and intellect that he had. And uh, even to this day, occasionally I'll see a hitter foul one back and smell his bat. Now, I mean that—that's the impact that that moment had when mm-hmm. Ted Williams finally brought that to to our lexicon, so to speak. And. Yeah, you know, I, I will. I'll see a guy swing a bat every now and then when I'm broadcasting the game, and, and he'll bring the barrel of the bat right up to his nose to see if he can smell burnt wood. <laughs> Ted Williams was the first one to actually re- recognize that and, and talk about it. So, what which pitchers did you meet that night? Was uh, was Koufax out? Koufax was out there, right? I mean, there was a whole bunch of guys out there. Yes, that night. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, Bob Gibson was right. huge for me. You know, I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas City, and he was a Cardinal and. My, uh, my father was a huge fan of Bob Gibson, and so, yeah, being able to meet him and talk to him, Koufax, obviously, just an incredible, humble, gracious, elegant man, and one of the greatest lefties, maybe the greatest left-handed starter of all time. Uh, you know, and even the current guys, you know, I got a kick being around Pedro and watching him warm up and, and pitching that game, and as you said, I followed him up, and what a tough act to follow, but yeah, I was, I was enamored with the current stars, too, as well. Uh, much less, uh, you know, all the uh, all-century team that was there. You know, a big guy, too, was Robin Roberts. Was a big, big uh, favorite of mine, too, and a great guy to talk to as well. What about old-timer days in Yankee Stadium? Did you meet Whitey, Yogi? You got, you got a good story on that front, David? All of them. All of them were so good. You know, Hank Bauer and Moose Gowan were two of the nicest, best guys to talk to. 
And I remember uh, Yogi, and I was talking to them about all the World Series. And did they ever feel sorry for the Brooklyn Dodgers? And they were like, hell no. no we hated those guys. And I remember asking uh, Hank Bauer uh, about the Copacabana, you know, the big fight, the, the off-the-field fight at the Copacabana. And I said, Hank, was that you? And he looked at me and said, kid, uh, you ain't talking. I didn't talk then, and I ain't talking now. So I, I couldn't get the famous Copacabana story out of, out of Hank Bauer. You tried, though. Even though people kind of think he was the guy. You tried. I remember night two, if you don't mind me going down memory lane a little bit here, there was a baseball writer's dinner, and I was in the audience, and you were up on, the, I think it was you on the dais with Jeter and I think Clemens, like the whole day, and George and Tory. And there was a comedian up there named Bill Sheft. Do you, I don't know if you remember this moment, but he went up there and he goes, Chuck Knobloch, and obviously Chuck, you know, was having problems throwing a first base. And he says, he's got so many throwing problems. We should send him to Cuba to overthrow Castro. Do you remember that line, David? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. And I, but I remember I sitting there, I remember sitting there <laughs> watching both sides of the podium. On one side of the podium was George and Tory. They weren't laughing at all. And I looked at the other side. I think it was like you and Wells and, and Jeter and whatever. And you were trying to, not to laugh like in front of the substitute teacher. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. That was a great line, too. It was a really good line. You remember that one? Hard. You got you to give the comedian props. You know, it comes up with a good one. So. Oh, David, uh, great times uh, chatting here. I greatly appreciate it. So based on your... Um, thoughts going into the second half of the season. It's the it's the Braves' world to or, or title to go lose, basically, based on their roster and the way that they're playing and what you've seen in the first half. Is that a fair they assessment? To, they absolutely have to be the favorite right now. They, they clearly are the favorite. They're the deepest team going right now. Uh, they all, uh, you know, they have tremendous resources in a new stadium down there. They can be as active as they want mm -hmm. during the trade deadline. The trade deadline will be interesting this year. I'm not sure if there'll be any big bangs unless Otani gets offered up by the Angels. And, you know, but I think the Padres are still in it too. Uh, I, I think they might get aggressive rather than sell. You know, Derek Jeter talked about maybe the Yankees going for Juan Soto. I'm not sure that the Padres are going to do that. I think they're going to. They're going to continue to try to push forward and maybe even add. So it might be a dud of a trade deadline, you know, with all this talk. And if that happens, that plays in the Braves' favors. That that makes them even more of a number one handicap right now. Unless Otani moves, I mean, what's your what's your spidey sense on that? If somebody who's been a, a deadline ace moved before, David? Yes, I, I I have a hard time believing that the Angels have the mindset to do it. I think they missed the window last year to potentially do it and give, and give a team a year and a half of Otani, and the return would have been much better. Uh, Artie Moreno, the owner, has kind of waffled on whether to sell the franchise or not. He's back in now saying he wants to recommit himself. Perry Maniason, the general manager's job is on the line. He doesn't want to trade Otani. Phil Nevin, the manager, doesn't want to trade Otani. I don't know that they have the stomach to do that. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that they can pull the trigger. And uh, and actually put Otani out there and get an offer that they they can sell to their fan base. Uh, and then last one for you, David. You know, uh, we just mentioned the 24 year anniversary of the All Star Game uh, in 1999 that you were in, and what a great night that was. Your first start after the All Star Game, the 24 year anniversary of that is was that the perfect game for you, David? First it was. It absolutely was. Yes, it was that <laughs> Sunday. The All Star Game was a Tuesday night, and that following Sunday, I. I started the game against the Montreal Expos on a Sunday, and it was the beginning game of the series. Uh, Montreal was, I think, in Baltimore the night before, and uh, we actually started the series on a Sunday, which is very rare, and Montreal was up late and got to New York late, and they got to the ballpark, and I'm not even sure they took batting practice. And then during the game, they swung at everything I threw up there. <laughs> they, <laughs> they did, huh? Swinging. <laughs> they kept swinging, and I was throwing sweepers before we called them sweepers, and uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So did you wake up knowing, feeling good, or when did you kind of realize it, David, that this was going down or you could do this? You know, I think that, you know, probably when you get past five innings, it starts to creep into your mind, and then sixth and seventh inning. When you get through seven, it gets serious. That's when Tim McCarver starts telling people to call, call your friends and call your <laughs> folks. And, and uh, you know, I, before the game, it was Yogi Berra Day. 
and Don Larson threw out the first pitch of Yogi Berra Day oh, at Yankee Stadium. And before the game, I was warming up. I, I didn't even pay attention to warm-ups. I just got my arm loose and watched Yogi and Carmen Berra right around the, the ballpark in a convertible Thunderbird. And just the, everybody was so happy that Yogi was back. And, and then at the end of the day, I threw 88 pitches, and Yogi's number was number eight. So go figure. If you believe in baseball gods or not, or fate or not, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I believe in, but I know I threw 88 pitches on Yogi Berra Day. And Don Larson was there for crying out loud. Come on. I forgot yes. about that. Yeah, Don threw out the first pitch. And then you went ahead and pitched a perfect yeah, game in Yankee Stadium. Holy cow. Yeah, he threw out the first pitch to Yogi, and Yogi was using Girardi's glove. And then Yogi sort of blessed Girardi's glove and handed it back to him, and and uh, that's then we took off. And where's the baseball now? You got that somewhere? Where's that? Uh, Hall of Fame, right? To, you know, the Hall of Cooperstown asked for it, so the jersey and the ball went right to Cooperstown. Fantastic, David Cohn. You're the best, man. Thanks for the call. Let's do this more often. Look for more of my calls. Great hearing you on uh, on Sunday nights, and um, and I greatly appreciate this as always. Anytime, anytime for you, Rich. We go way back. We sure do, Love David. Big fan of you. Thanks, pal. Right back at you. That's David Cohn of so many outlets and, of course, so many great memories right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah, if you don't think baseball gods exist after hearing those things, I don't know what to tell you. That's amazing. I had forgotten. I remember Don Larson was there. Can you imagine you throw a perfect game in Yankee pinstripes in Yankee Stadium with Don Larson in the building on Yogi Berra Day? And the glove that Yogi used to catch the ceremonial first pitch from Don Larson was the glove of the catcher who caught your perfect game with 88 pitches, the exact first and second numbers matching Yogi's uniform. I mean, yeah, baseball gods exist. If that happens, if the baseball gods exist, and you know the latest example of proof of that will be if Otani's a Yankee by the end of this month. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> What, so the baseball gods don't exist they for don't anyone for other you. than the Yankees? They don't for you. No Red Sox, and they don't no Mets? They do for me. They did in 1986 for the Mets. Come on. For a second. Uh, they haven't existed for New York for anything since 09. All right. Oh. Now you've ruined the moment. See? You really did. Let's hey, take a break. You Eight started four- it. I did. <laughs> 844-204-RICH, number to dial. get into this uh, Ray Fossey set to at home plate, one of the greatest home run hitters of all time. You replaced in that All-Star game in 1970, right? You didn't start that 70 All-Star game, Pete. You know, I don't remember that, Rich. All I know is the game was in Cincinnati, and all I know is uh, I was friends with Sudden Sam McDowell, and I had dinner arrangements already made with uh, Sudden Sam the night before, and he called me about a week before and said they added Ray Fossey to the lineup. Could he go out to eat with us? He was a rookie. I said, sure. And we went out to eat. We went back to my house, and they stayed till about 1 o'clock. And Ray asked me every question in the world about Johnny Bench because he was the next coming of Johnny Bench. And if you watch the, if you watch the tape, I started to slide head first. The Ray had the plate blocked, and I'm not going to break both my collarbones. And you never slide if you can't reach the plate. And I went over him, and I tagged the plate with my right hand. This is God's honest truth. Uh, I guess my knee hit his shoulder. I missed the next three games. He didn't miss any, and he went on to play nine more years. So for all the people that said I ruined his career, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So, okay, let's take this one at a time. You dined with Ray Fossey the night before? That's what you're saying? I took him out to eat. I took him to a place called Sycamore Shores, which is a boat on the river down in Sailor Park where I went to grade school. And you know, to this day, and I have no idea why, Rich, to this day, Ray will not admit that he went out to eat with me, and he will not admit that he went back to my house. <laughs> and he, it's the truth, and he won't do a card show with me. Really? Why do you think that I, is? I, I don't know. I don't know what, because I've never bad about Ray Fossey, because Ray Fossey was a, was a good young player at the time, and he's, you know, he's playing in the Buckeye State, where I played all those years. But I had to do what I had to do, because my dad was in the stands. If I just slide in and let him tag me, we might be still playing that damn game. All right, I know. Pete Rose and Ray Fossey meeting in the All-Star game 53 years ago today. 
right here on the program. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. Damian Woody will be joining us from ESPN. Nice. We'll go down memory lane about him being on the last Jets Hard Knocks team. Get a little insight from what it's like to be on Hard Knocks, I guess. Or what a Super Bowl with the Patriots. That's true. We can talk about that, too. Okay. Fair and balanced. Like every Jet that didn't in that era. <laughs> of note. Like Darrell Rivas. Wait. Yes. He's, he's going in the Hall of Fame as a Patriot, right? No, he's not. They don't go in the Hall of Fame as anyone, Chris, in the, should, in the, in the football world. They, they just put it on their... Oh, the, the, that's on, right. On the, oh, I yeah. forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, they just put it with the... Right, on the plastic or plastic what would we say? The Lucite thing. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, the, the, the Lucite yeah. shelf I, I, I on mean, which their bust sits. Did he play for any other team? All right. No, right. Oh, you know what? You're you're the king of uh, who cares if, you know, you see something in practice. Who cares if something happens in NFL practice? It doesn't matter. You make a big deal of it. Some some 18-year-old intern. Wait, I, no, that I is, love the, the No, you know, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. I do love You say you do, but you don't. <laughs> you really don't. You like making fun of it until Mac Jones like throws a 70-yard pass oh, on air. Did you see yeah. that? Super Bowl winner. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. You know how I saw it? You, I you tweeted it into my timeline, Chris. Mac MVP season. That's what I said. 60 to 1, good odds. You think so, huh? I have no other choice. Yeah, I mean, what's he going to do? I, I have to believe that it's going to work. That Bill O'Brien is yeah, going to get O'Brien's it done. Bill O'Brien's going to come in. Yep. Forget the crap that went on last year. Who's catching the ball there for him? Oh, a lot of good players. Juju Smith-Schuster. That's right. Mike He's there Gusecki now. is there. That's a, those Tyquan are upgrades. Thornton is back. He was injured last year. So my question for threat. you is with Mike Gusecki. Will, will he be... Uh, tra- gronked up, or uh, will he be so. John U. Smithed, milk cartoned? Great question, great question. Uh, that's what, that's my question. We've seen the skill set, the the ability is there. He has made those type of Gronk light plays he before. Has. Yep. Uh, you know, Hunter Henry scored a lot of touchdowns last year. John U. Smith, not sure where he went. I mean, I know he's in Atlanta now, but oh, he he was he wasn't in Atlanta the last two years. <laughs> Felt like it. When they signed Johnu Smith from the Titans, oh, I'm like, it. this oh, is... baby. Right. Here we go. Poof. Kaiser Soze. Disappeared. We'll see. I love it. It's going to be tough to score on the Pats D. Top five defense incoming. So Last, play, last place or the field? You can finish one through three or, or last place in the AFC East. Oh, no, no. We'll, we'll be a playoff-threatening team this year. You do think so? Yeah. So on the Defense night, is good enough. On the night of the NBA in-season tournament semifinal. That's a big game. December 7th, week 14 kickoff, Amazon Prime. Al Michaels, fresh off of yep. a steak from whatever outstanding Pittsburgh establishment Got has it. him. Wow. DJ Best Steakhouse in Pittsburgh D- is... Come on. I haven't lived there he hasn't in twenty been there years. In a while. Uh, Plus, when he lived there, he was he was dressed like a like a referee. You yeah. couldn't afford a good <laughs> steak <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Well, that's not true. Get out of here. My next door he was, neighbor, he was putting pumas on kids in the mall. My next door neighbor played football for Duquesne, so he had to like bulk up and eat steaks every night. So he was nice enough to cook an extra one for oh, me while go. he was nice. eating three. There you go. So thanks, Steve. I appreciate you. Yeah, that was just when, that how, was just for Chinese. How old were you when you were working at the at the at the football? Twenty one. Okay. Right around then, yeah. putting, putting pro kids, pro nah, kids dude, on the on. kids. We're, we're pro, pro kids, kids. Pro kids. Come on, bro. Pro Don't be disrespectful kids. like that. that. It was Jordan's. So you're saying? Oh my God. Week 14. I'm saying week 14. That's a big at Steelers. That's a playoff potential. Uh, you know, playoff what? Deciding factor. Seven seed. Yeah, probably. As the Steelers fight to stay in first. In their surprising first of, AFC ooh, North. In their surprising uh, season. No, I, I would say probably loser of that week 14 game is out. I don't know about that. Because after that, you better win it. Because you're coming off of the Chargers Oof. at home before you face That's a schedule. Mahomes on a Monday night. Wow. Then you're at Denver on Christmas Eve. New Year's Eve at Buffalo. And then home 
for your hard knock Jets. That's a that's a last six. That's that's quite a run of six games. Pat's better start nine and one. No, I'm just asking. Well, you're home for Philly. Brady will be there. LFG. Then home on a Sunday night against Tua. That's odd that the Patriots get a nice little push with two home games from the schedule makers. That's strange how that would happen. That never happened. Oh yeah. And then yeah. a Sunday at the Jets. And then at Dallas. That's a five and one Dallas start. Game. A five and one start. Home for New Orleans as Derek Carr comes into the house. Five and one at start. Vegas. You're gonna go to that game Sunday, five October fifteenth? Uh, yeah, yes. I think so. Mm-hmm. Five and one start. Four and two at the worst. They better be four and two. Let's put it that Dude, way. that's a schedule, man. That's a good, that's a hey, good but he's schedule. throwing 70 yards against air right now, Looks so that's good. good. Can Aaron Rodgers throw 70 yards? I don't Does it matter? <laughs> does it matter? <laughs> like, does it matter? At the golf course. No, does it matter? Does it matter? Because it doesn't matter. You know what Aaron can do? I would like my quarterback to be able to throw the ball. Ask Saints fans a couple years ago. You know what Aaron Rodgers can do from, like, just say the 50-yard line or his own 45? Throw it straight up like a chimney and have it come down in the hands of one of his receivers. Greatest Hail Mary thrower ever. And you're asking me, can he throw it deep? Was the, the last time he completed a Hail Mary? Hail Mary <laughs> thrower good, good ever. Ever. Hmm. The greatest, let me just say it one more time. The greatest Hail Mary thrower ever. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Hail Mary is a and lot you're of asking, luck. And you're at... Uh, it's luck, There's but it's also the ball has to come down at a certain angle, and Rodgers has that thing he is good figured at that. out. He is good at that. All is right. it a Hail Mary when you're inside your own You know what's a Hail Mary? 30? You not finishing in last place this year. <laughs> are we, we going to make say, it interesting? We should say Hail Mary. Are I think we, gonna, we just have discussing it. Are we going to make it interesting? I think we have just disgusting. Oh, oh, oh. Just, are we? I don't know what you mean by that. I find Damien Woody coming up. What's up? <laughs> one of those, that's only one. You only get one a day. No, come on, man. No, don't don't limit one. us to one You know I'm day. only doing this for effect because you know, I know, that he knows. That Bill Belichick <laughs> that I know. will do something. Defense is going to be tight. That in the way Oof. that anybody ever complains about any all-time great because they haven't so-called done it, just you wait. Just you wait. You, see you think it's tough. You think it's been tough without Brady. You see the Just report. Just you uh, wait. You until... see the report that Bill's friends are worried about his job. Who's that? Who are his friends? His friends. Close friends are worried about Bill's job security. <laughs> Do you know one thing that Bill Belichick's probably not worried about? Job, job security. security. That is. Hey, you would put Bill on that Mike Tomlin list, of course. He his phone. You gave Mike Tomlin five seconds. Uh, you mean he's seventy? I don't know. Pop is seventy-one and just got a five-year extension. Uh, and they've been terrible the last two years. Seventy-four. I think if Bill goes, he's done. Yeah, he know. might just he just yeah. might go he just might go on his boat. Mikey I don't know. The dog and him are going. I fishing. know he wants to you know break Shula's record, but you got to make the playoffs this year, bro. Or you're doing it somewhere else. This guy Oof. over there. It's not By me. The way, it's Bob Kraft who has just said it. You, it is him. Bob Kraft has wait. basically you said it. You started it last year. Just you wait. And you you think too. it's been tough without Brady? Yeah, let the next coach get in there. Let's see how that works. <laughs> I believe in Gerard Mayo. I'm ready for that. <laughs> right. I believe in Mayo. I'm ready for that in the same way that you want Saquon to make a stand for week hey, one. brother, sit out week one. <laughs>